This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. How far away is the grocery store from where you live? Is it a block away? How about a mile? Or more? Well, low food access in Chicago has jumped by 63% in the last decade, according to a WBEZ and Chicago Sun-Times analysis. And this comes from decades of disinvestment and retailers leaving. Now, in the past year alone, Walmart closed three locations on the south and west sides, and Whole Foods left Inglewood. So what is the solution here? Well, Mayor Johnson announced this week that he's exploring the idea of a city-run grocery store. But how would it work, and how could it benefit Chicagoans? Amaya Pawar is a senior advisor at the Economic Security Project, the organization that the mayor is partnering with to explore that possibility. Welcome back, Amaya. Thank you for having me. And Aisha Butler is the executive director of Resident Association of Greater Inglewood, RAGE. Welcome back, Aisha. Thank you. Glad to be back. I'll start with you, Amaya. What is a city-run grocery store? Tell us a bit more. How would it work? I mean, a city-owned grocery store is no different than a privately-owned grocery store. It would offer the same kinds of products, uh, same services, similarly staffed. The only difference is, is that instead of relying on tools that pay big box retailers or grocers to move into community, take public money today and then leave tomorrow, uh, what a city-owned store um, could do is tether itself to the community such that, you know, uh, the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows of the capital markets don't determine whether people have access to food or not so they can survive and thrive. Yeah. Well, Aisha, you are an Inglewood resident, and we have, of course, talked to you on the program a number of times about the Whole Foods closing in your neighborhood. Your thoughts on Mayor Johnson's announcement? Um, I, I was a bit taken aback hearing this um, when I think about the way some of the city services and things that our city manage um, show up at Inglewood. Um, it was a little bit alarming. Um, I think about our parks. I think about our schools. I think about other things that are managed by our city, even our services, 311. And to have our food um, also managed in this fashion um, definitely was taken aback by the announcement. Mm. Well, I talked with you and and shoppers at the Whole Foods weeks before it closed. And uh, I remember that people that I talked to at the time, they weren't sure where they were going to go once it closed Mm -hmm. to get their groceries. Talk us through that. Remind us of the difficulty that the lack of options truly causes. Yeah, so for for us, me living here, like even right now, um, my go-to spot is Aldi's, um, but it is plenty of things that I would like to get or retrieve that unfortunately is not at Aldi's. And so I think um, some of the unique products that Whole Foods offered was refreshing to a lot of folks in the community, especially around COVID with some of the herbs and some of the um, healthy food options that we had. Um, Most of the stores that we have in our community are all low-tier retailers like Food for Less, Aldi's, and Save-A-Lot. And so when you're trying to find really quality like strawberries or quality grapes and things of that nature, um, it's few and far between. You literally have to go outside of the community to do so. Um, And that's with many other amenities. But definitely when it comes to food, most of us are traveling outside of our community. We cannot walk to our local grocery store and or get everything we need from the stores that exist now. Amaya, you talked about the operation of a city-run grocery store being similar to you know, a privately owned one. 
Tell us more about how exactly the city-run store would address the issue that Asia is really pointing to here, which is food deserts. So, again, I think for so long, the tools that big cities, not just Chicago, have relied upon um, are based on tax credits, tax abatements, cash subsidies. And we keep giving big companies, large retailers money to come. Um, or give wealthy people tax breaks to build. And they're often here today and gone tomorrow. So going back to this, it's about creating a tether and an anchor in a community. And I think what Aisha is pointing to is a real legitimate concern, which is, you know, the communities that are food deserts are banking deserts, they're childcare deserts, they're broadband deserts, they're every kind of desert simultaneously. And that's not because there isn't local demand. She said that. People want access to goods and services. It's that the markets have said we're not serving certain communities. And that's where a public option really steps in and says when the markets can't deliver, the the options can't only be able to say, well, that's the best we can do. That's where a public option steps in. Now, how it's operated, it could be run by a local nonprofit. It could be situated as a community co-op. We're agnostic on sort of the operating model, and we certainly wouldn't want to work with the mayor to foist anything on the community. It has to be community-driven and supported. The point here is, is that people need access to grocery stores. They need access to banks. Mm-hmm. They need access to child care facilities. I'm going to stick with you here for another moment, uh, Amea. So the idea here, is it that it would be one store or multiple? Well, the idea here is, uh, one, uh, Governor Pritzker um, and Andy Menard, Deputy Governor Menard, and a bipartisan consensus created a $20 million fund called the Illinois Grocery Initiative. That creates funds to, among other things, support the start of municipally owned grocery stores. What we're hoping to do is work with the city and the community to apply for these funds. And we, as Economic Security Project, are going to help provide the technical analysis and the feasibility analysis to figure out, okay, where should a store go? What does the community want? Et cetera, et cetera. So our goal really here is to play a supportive role to the mayor, to the community, and really draw upon um, this transformational bill that Governor Pritzker uh, championed and passed. Under Mayor Lightfoot, the city bought the Aldi in West Garfield Park that we know closed suddenly back in 2021. Would this be a good contender as a, a pilot of this model, you think? I believe so. Um, and I think, again, it's premature to say that it, the store should go here um, or a specific community without understanding what the community wants or mm-hmm. a community wants. But I think more importantly, I think the goal here is to show that operating a store, it isn't rocket science. It is a high-volume, low-margin business, but the city already operates airports, which are pretty complex enterprises upon which the global economy depends. And other cities around the country are doing this to fill in a critical need when the markets fail to deliver. Yeah. To your point, I mean, we hear this all the time, right? The city's already operating O'Hare and Midway and the water department, for instance. So, of course, why not a grocery store? But this seems quite different. So talk about the skills or experience that would be needed to make a grocery store operation actually work well? I mean, so there are lots of retail and hospitality uh, folks that we can draw from in in Chicago um, to help kind of build out an operational model. So one of the things we're going to do in the feasibility study 
is to look at the different ways in which a store could operate. It could operate as a public utility. It could operate as a for-profit or a nonprofit. Two, we will look at the ways in which the city could draw upon several pots of revenue and funding to stand up a store. That doesn't necessarily mean public, local public money on the table, but it certainly could. Three, there are several pots of money from the Inflation Reduction Act, which could lower the cost of opening a store, making it 100% solar, adding geothermal to it. Mm. So our goal really is to put together a feasibility study that really draws upon a panoply of resources and funding that's available, laying out different operational models, working with the community and the mayor to figure out what works best. Aisha, let's dive more into the uh, the experience of the Whole Foods in Inglewood, right? That was funded with tax increment financing or TIF dollars, and former Mayor Emanuel helped to make the deal happen. But the store was not run by the city, and so that left it open to the whims of the market, as we've discussed. Mm-hmm. As we know, Amazon bought Whole Foods in 2017. So from your perspective, Asia, how did that change in ownership? Uh, that sh- how did that shift the commitments that the company had to had made already to the community? Um, so when I'm when I'm hearing this, you know, and I think about what happened with Whole Foods, yeah, it was a huge commitment. I think a lot of times subsidized projects from the city. Of course, there's this initial commitment. Um, I think again, where I I I feel like we're jumping over the gun is like, and of course, some of our corporate. Um, you know, entities have definitely skipped out after their financial commitments were obliged. But then I, I know, and we, through this process, when we lost Whole Foods, we know there are tons of black and brown operators who could use those subsidies, who are not afforded those opportunities. And so to just go right to, hey, we're, we will control this and instead of actually using those subsidies to support these emerging um, operators, I guess that's the part that's interesting to me. And I, I don't, you know, I know Omar, but I, I don't know economic security project, right? I don't, for them to have conversations about our food and what the community wants, I think the community has been very forthcoming with what they want. Those conversations started at the offset when we um, lost old foods. And so I don't, it's just, you know, just listening to how this is even showing up. It's the fact that this is even like, in the news already and um so much work has been done in inglewood around this and trying to identify local operators i just would love to have those resources from the state and or city be to the folks who live here and actually you know rotate our dollar back into our community Mm. our issue is that our retail dollars leave this community and so i don't know how this new model and or this exploration will get that money back into our communities and to the residents and the business owners here. So keeping that in mind, I mean, do you think things could have played out differently for Whole Foods if it was city run? I think if it was community ran, it could have played out very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily know how it were, would would shape up with city ran because once again, some of the decisions <laughs> have came from our city government. The reason why zip codes like 60621 is considered a quote unquote food of desert or that food apartheid is happening is because of the disinvestment of our local government from the state, federal, and the city. And so it's just, um, 
it's just interesting to me to see, okay, now we're going to also manage this when honestly the reason we're in these situations with really low options is because of how our city is segregated and also situated when it comes to investments and um, development. Your thoughts, Amaya? Look, I think everything she's saying um, has merit and it's rooted in experience, so I'm not going to challenge it. I think what I would just um, say in response is that for the last 30, 40 years, we've assumed all of us across the political spectrum have embraced this idea that government can do no right and markets can do no wrong. And I think this ideologically, ideologically rooted in neoliberalism has said, well, you know, the only way to solve social problems is to give uh, big companies and market actors we need to nudge them, prod them, pay them, beg them to open in a community when they have no interest. And to Asia's point, this is why I've been a fan of public banking for so long is because we need a way to channel capital to black and brown businesses that are in the community. So that's why at ESP, our work is not just around public grocery stores. We work on public options generally because we recognize that if you want communities to uh, on the south and west sides to mirror that of, say, Lincoln Square or Ravenswood, where local dollars are circulating locally, you need to channel capital into those communities. Mm. And if you have communities participating in capitalism without access to capital, well, we keep having these same conversations. That's why we believe that a grocery store working with the community, the ownership model could be a co-op. It could be community-based. But there needs to be city investment versus hoping and praying and waiting for the markets to do right by us. You've also said uh, federal stimulus funds could be used to pay for this, but we know the mayor just announced a budget gap for the next year of well over $500 million. So does it feel to you like this could actually get funded? I believe so. Well, one, there is state money available um, that we will help the city apply for. Uh, Two, Inflation Reduction Act money is going to start flowing in the next year, and there's a lot of creative ways in which this could work. Um, and so we're just really excited to work with the community, work with the mayor's office and scope out a feasibility study that makes sense um, versus trying to foist something on a community. I'll give you the last word, Asia. As this process continues, what do you want to make sure that the folks involved in, in making this exploration happen that they keep in mind? Yeah, I think one key word that um, we just heard was city investment. I think the investment is important. I think the ownership is the is the question. I think city owned um, already. Our members are like, what? What are you guys? Are you serious? And just thinking about the things that are managed in our community. Yes, we have an airport, but when we think about the way city services and resources show up in Inglewood. It's a little scary to hear that it will also our food and our access to healthy food would also be controlled by that. Now, city investment, of course, we would never deny investments as we need those. But I think the ownership part is going to be very, very key to this conversation yeah. and thinking about how do we actually uplift our local entrepreneurs and our residents and, and the folks who have been working on this for so long in Inglewood and other places throughout the city so that they're not undermined in this process. That is Aisha Butler of Rage Englewood and Amaya Pawar, Senior Advisor at the Economic Security Project. Thank you both. Yes, thank, thank you. you.